Hey. <laughs> Where'd you come from? I just sat in boy piss. <laughs> uh, well, you don't have to brag about it. <laughs> just because not every, all of us can do that. <laughs> so my son, um, <laughs> he he's had a, a bit of a coming of age um, uh-huh. where he has begun to pee standing up at the toilet. Ah, uh, but he hasn't finished. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's begun. Yeah, he's just still there. <laughs> no, so, but uh, he, he doesn't always remember to uh, lift up the seat first. So I just had my um, my post-coffee bathroom time, which is very important to me. Very special sit-down bathroom it's time. It's very necessary after and coffee. I did just sit in boy piss. <laughs> So that's, that's where I'm at. That's that's the energy I'm bringing to the podcast <laughs> this morning. That's why you always check the seat. You know, yeah, I guess I got to start doing that now. Yeah, not only check that it's up or down, <laughs> but also check how uh, damp it may be. Speaking of damp, the backs of my knees are just big puddles of sweat right now. Why? Because it it's hot? infinity hot here. It's a hot one. <laughs> Like four inches from the midday sun. <laughs> it's closer now. It's climate change. Um, yeah. Oh, it's hot. I have the fan blowing do, on me. Do you think that's what climate change is? <laughs> that because of uh, human activity, we're getting closer to the sun? Yeah. I mean, okay. that song came out in 1998. So that's the last reliable measurement that we have that's been made publicly available, at least. Um, but I hope that... Uh, Dr. Santana and Dr. Thomas <laughs> are able to release new scientific findings because if, if you know just like based on uh, various calculus estimates I would I would say we're probably nearer to four inches from the midday sun these days yeah <laughs> but it's still so smooth so th- smooth down here down there my knees they're smooth with sweat uh, when it comes to science I always like to say make it real or else forget about it <laughs> welcome podcast think box was i supposed to be filling in all the gaps yep (laughs) all right just really quickly (laughs) you want to try it again podcast you're supposed to do the ones before (laughs) that too Welcome to Think Outside the Box Set. It's a podcast. Podcast. Where, we learn to, where me and Nathan learn to appreciate an artist back catalog. No, it's Nathan I'm and me, I. And that's Nathan. No, I'm saying mean Nathan. Oh, yeah. Because you're a real jerk and I hate you and I want to quit. <laughs> you're always interrupting me with Man. dumb jokes. <laughs> Bring a lot of good energy to this podcast today, huh? Yeah. Grumpy, wet backside cam, we used to call him. I'm Cameron DeWitt. Boy piss cam. We're listening to ABBA. ABBA! And, uh, Nathan's making a lot of references to something in our bonus content. Um, so if you want to hear what boy piss cam means, <laughs> then definitely give us some money for this show. No, no, I'm going to put that in the intro or the, uh, the B-roll at the end or something. That's too right, good great. to be a bonus. All right. It's got to get that delicious boy pee all over everybody. <laughs> our entire listening audience. <laughs> I wonder how many times in the in the history of the world that phrase, that sentence has been uttered. Delicious boy pee. All right. So we're listening to ABBA <laughs> or ABBA. Um, and uh, we listened to the album Arrival. Yeah, it's a good and movie. I mean, album. I don't. 
Yeah, I was going to say, um, when you type in ra- Arrival to Spotify, Arrival, the movie soundtrack, does show up first, which makes me wonder, is that... So, that... ABBA has a very particular tone. The movie Arrival has a very particular tone that's very, very different. Yeah. And a lot of that's because of the music. And you're thinking... I'm thinking of what you're putting down. You're thinking we need to uh, release a director's cut of Arrival where all the music is replaced by the, oh my the album Arrival by ABBA. <laughs> That's what you're getting at, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that would be amazing. I think that would drastically change uh, <laughs> the there's, experience. There's the a couple experience. There's a couple choice moments where they could use uh, Dancing Queen to great effect, I think. Yeah, when the the big uh, blob aliens. Yeah. And when they're doing like the decoding montages. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. That could be Dum Dum Diddle. Oh, we got Knowing Me, Knowing You. That could be, yeah. you know, the montage where they learn about the aliens and start becoming friends with them. Yeah. Why did it have to be me at the climactic final scene? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the instrumental arrival. And that can just play over, you know, just any interstitial moments, you know. Because that song's so good, I just want to hear it a lot. Yeah, what song should play um, when uh, uh, Jeremy Renner is sad? When Hawkeye's sad? Did you know that my son calls Hawkeye Hot Guy? <laughs> Have we talked about this yet? <laughs> I thought that was like a, a podcast joke or something. Really? Or maybe it's Hawk, well, Hawk Guy. Hawk, oh yeah, uh, I believe Griffin McElroy calls him the Hawk Guy. But the my Hawk son g- went ahead and did a one-up and calls him Hot Guy. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. Your son, that is. You you into Jeremy Renner's general deal? I mean, he's not like the most attractive dude, but I mean, I wouldn't kick his hawk out of bed for Wait, now I want to know who's the most attractive dude. Oh, in the world? Yeah. Me. Okay. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) I'm so attractive. Handsomest boy in the world. Uh, I'm all about that auto love. I would love to be um, considered uh, Jeremy Renner hot. (laughs) (laughs) Keep dreaming. Yeah. So we listened to Arrival, um, not the soundtrack to the uh, Amy Adams movie. Uh Uh-huh. That romantic comedy Arrival. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, the ABBA. And this is my favorite. Is it your favorite? So far? Yeah. yeah, yeah, this album's great. I mean, it has it's like as hell. a few fillery ones, but man, it's it's fucking good. And Dancing Queen is such a goddamn good song. Oh boy, I don't know why oh, I ever man, wrote it off or so thought it was good. cheesy or something. I know it's because we weren't listening. We weren't listening. Yeah, I think I think I've started to really appreciate music, even if the lyrics are not necessarily like super profound, or I don't yeah. even really like them to one extent or another. Like like that. Uh, car ride where the uber driver was playing gospel music that had the dumbest like jesus-y lyrics and it just <laughs> had fucking amazing music i was so into that yeah 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 um i don't necessarily know how to explain that phenomenon but i know what you mean and i felt that a lot during this album because they don't do a lot in the past abba's made some lyrical attempts at profundity um and some of them have worked. Um, but in the last album, they really just kind of stopped trying. But the music wasn't, I don't think, as catchy as mm-hmm. this one. So I mean, Mamma but, Mia was pretty fucking great. 
Well, yeah. But uh, other than that, I feel like that was the outlier. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this album ruled. I had a very good time listening to it. Yeah. And I'm still happy because I just listened to it. Nice. It's almost entirely female uh, lead vocals, too. Yeah. The ABBA's like right. starting to coalesce and really realize who they are and what they're about. I now really see what you're talking about because you you're really hungry for ABBA's like identity to. Um, you say coalesce. I like to say say congeal, but uh, that grosses you out. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they call I, them miscongeniality, <laughs> Con- congeliality. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> There's a pun, so I'll just I'll just give you the raw materials for the joke. You can do what yeah, you want with it. Another one of those DIY jokes <laughs> that we're so well known for. Yeah, people love that shit. Should we talk about Dancing Queen first? I do you wanna? That's the first one. All right, I, I, mean, I can go could, along we, with that. We we could because I like it a lot, but it's not my favorite song. So uh, I usually ooh. like to end with positivity. But interesting. Is okay. it yours? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. One thing I've never noticed in that song before is like that little, those little hits in the chorus. Like, uh, you can dance, da da da. You can jive, da da da. That's like, yeah. that's really cool. I really, really enjoyed it. Play it again. Play it again so people yeah, yeah, can yeah. hear it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the piano. I, the the drum might also do a little fun funky stuff there too, but yeah, that's like that's, that's just like a cool little minute musical detail that is so easy to gloss over, but it really adds a lot to the song. And this song is just full of that kind of shit. So uh, there is a actually good genius annotation by Insanal Ahmed. Um, How's that and, possible? Uh, it says according to a 2014 poll by Blinkbox Music, those lines. Uh, uh, which is, um, oh shoot, where is it? Where is it? Huh? Huh? Hmm? See that girl. Um, watch that scene. Dig- uh, sorry, watch that scene digging the dancing queen. Mm-hmm. According to a 2014 poll by Blink Box Music, those lines are some of the most commonly misheard lyrics in music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about that, but yeah. <laughs> uh, 22% of people polled thought the lyrics sounded like, watch her scream kicking the dancing queen. <laughs> Which is horrifying. That's not that high of a percentage either. Yeah. The most commonly misheard lyrics. I, I would wager that, um, uh, what's that, that, that song? Excuse me while I kiss this guy. That one. That's one. Or, um, blinded by the light. Lit up like a douche. Another runner in the night. <laughs> what is that lyric? I think it's supposed to be deuce. Oh, As in yeah. like Deuce Coop or something, but maybe not. I forget. But I not, not like it. That's not like, like one of my poopy. favorite choruses ever. <laughs> it's a good chorus. Yeah. Um, do you like the uh, Manfred Mann version better, or the the original? That is, or do you like the uh, Brucey Ed Helms singing it on The Office? Oh, <laughs> that's your favorite version. No. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That that whole shtick where um, you 
do underbite singing to to songs and it, that's a joke is definitely pretty tired at this point <laughs> underbite singing yeah what does that mean he just like contorts like, his face like singing like this <laughs> like singing like oh. creed or oh. nickelback like yeah, nickelback yeah. singing or Pearl like Jam. for 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 a while that was like a a kind of like a will ferrell like jack black ed helms like style comedy where you just oh, yeah. s- sing a song bad singing silly is funny I yeah know. yeah um do you want to hear one of the songs that inspired this song reportedly it's a yeah. song called rock your baby by uh what's his name uh george mccray and you can hear it now What's the connection? They just they just say that it's supposedly inspired by that song. That just it's a disco hit, uh, as well wow. as the John the drums from Doctor John's 1972 album Gumbo. Can you play that audio of the uh, verse? I can. The synth, the fun synth part. I love that part. It's like a synth string. Yeah. I usually don't There's like so those much- that much, but. I just—it sounds so really good. To, so much to listen to, so much to listen for in this album. Yeah, like I feel, I feel like the production in this album, and especially in this song, is just like they're just not wasting my time. There's no just mm. vamping on mm-hmm. a chord. They're just—they're always giving you something. Hey, here's this. Hey, here's this. And uh, it's a very hospitable production. I mm-hmm. think it's just you just you just relax and like listen to the little delights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is that's all I want. If you're like playing a chord, unless you're mountain goats, I don't want to just hear you play a chord progression. (laughs) Like I want lines. Mm -hmm. If you're John Darnielle, that's fine. You've earned it. But everyone else, that's fine. Give me a melody. Um, what else did I have to about this song? Um, I don't think I have any notes about the lyrics. Yeah, the lyrics are like pretty. Um, you know, I mean, they're not. I mean, again, it comes back to what do we want out of ABBA? I don't necessarily want a meditation on life and death and whatnot. Um, right. Though, as a side note, this album does feature a lot of lyrics about the dissolution of relationships, which yeah. makes me wonder if it's a little bit autobiographical. It's or begun. If, or if tension has started to manifest in the band. or if It it's, has to have, right? I don't know. I mean, they, they got really big around this time, so that's probably a lot of pressure. I don't know when did they when did they uh, break up and break their marriages again? I think it was like eighty two or something. Yeah, it was I like when right, the yeah. band dissolved. So yeah. I don't know when the relationships did. Yeah, there there's a fair amount of um, ESL moments in this album. Uh, here's one, and they're n- they're not necessarily bad, um, but uh, this is part of uh, verse one, the second stanza. Anybody could be that guy. Night is young and the music's high. Mm. As in the volume is high. Mm-hmm. And everyone's getting high. I mean, let's be honest here. It's the 70s. Yeah. So I, I kind of appreciate little moments like that where it's like, oh, that's not, that's technically right, but mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not how, how people talk <laughs> uh-huh. But in English, but that's great. <laughs> yeah, we'll give it to him. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. 
Love this song. Very good. Anything else we should say about it? No, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not much to say about this song except just try to listen to it with fresh ears. It's really fucking good musically. So, so one thing uh, that we've talked about with ABBA is that people ride them off as being like cheesy or silly. And we've been sort of tracing their journey into disco. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also disco's story, right? Is that people hate disco. Yeah. It's, but it's also a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Um, I don't feel guilty about it at all. Dis- everything, every disco song I've heard, I fucking loved. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like really done it for me. Checked a lot of boxes for me. I'm super into disco to the extent that I've experienced it. I don't know if I would necessarily go out and like go get it mm-hmm. um, or seek it out. But every time it comes into my lap, I'm into it. It comes into your lap? Yeah. Ew. Every time I get a disco lap dance. <laughs> <laughs> you know T-Pain's disco lap dance song? <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I totally agree. Disco, disco, disco. All right. Um Okay, let's go back. Let's rewind the tape a little bit. Let's talk about the first song yeah. on this album. <laughs> it's very interesting. It's called When I Kiss the T-Shirt. like a little bit of a soul or gospel interlude there yeah yeah but this is a very strange song about uh i i guess a woman kissing a sexual a- assault <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> the opening line is everybody screamed when i kissed the teacher ah, as well they should assault <laughs> Uh, they had never seen the teacher blush. He looked like a fool, nearly petrified because he was taken by surprise. So they explicitly say that he was not consenting to this. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, though, like it's impossible to, um, to sexually assault a male person. If you are a female person, (laughs) because men, uh, always want sexual attention always. Yeah. That's what the culture tells me. Yeah. This lovely, wonderful rape culture. Men and boys. Always, just whenever. As long as it's as long as it's heterosexual, just keep it coming. <laughs> Ew! Don't say it like that. Word choice, phrasing. Um, yeah. You know, Nathan, I'm going to say the word "coming" a lot. Just <laughs> in the rest of wouldn't. our lives together. I wish you would. I'm just going to need you to get over it. I really wish you would <laughs> not be such a little boy <laughs> who just learned what coming is. <laughs> when you arrive at a place that's why this album is called arrival arrival Ooh, double meaning there oh it's their esl moment they thought that they were talking about coming yeah so the the last uh song on this is an instrumental called arrival and uh i was unable i was unable to arrive (laughs) after listening to that (laughs) ain't that the truth yeah. Uh, yeah, this this album has some kind of predatory lyrics. One of these days, gonna tell him I dream of him every night. One of these days, gonna show him I care. Gonna teach him a lesson, all right. Ugh, yeah, little stock. I got a genius annotation here by Five Figure. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a play on words. The world's upside down. The student is the one teaching him a lesson. <laughs> this can also down. be a double entendre. 
The lesson, in quotes, can either be a life lesson, including the fact that the teacher was taken by surprise, that's a life lesson, or it can refer to some kinky sexual games, like sexual assault in front of people. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty... Oh, don't. (laughs) Oh, this is... Do you... Hmm. When this song was released, do you think that... I think, uh, well... I don't know how to quite approach this topic, but it seemed like the social mores of the time would not view this as a sexual assault, right? No, definitely not. Yeah. I think most things weren't viewed as sexual assault until like kind of recently, at least widely viewed. Yeah, that's true. I mean, spousal rape was legal in most of the United States until like the last 10 years or just like something outrageous like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think um, the... (laughs) The refusal, uh, I mean, we were just talking about, um, in the uh, bonus episode, we were talking about glow and about how, um, you know, toxic masculinity and, uh, patriarchy also hurts men. Um, not that they're the main victims, but they are also victims of, um, of patriarchy. And, uh, I think this is, you know, kind of like a perfect example. The idea that, um, the the idea that a, a man couldn't be raped because he is or or assault sexually assaulted you know by a woman is, that is. but yeah by by a woman is um because they're hypersexualized beasts yeah and and that they're powerful and therefore they're unable to be um taken advantage of yeah um and that kind of attitude is <laughs> going to resu- result in a lot of harm yes in uh in in males um in 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 their relationships um like just i couldn't possibly count all the like implications that that could have Mm -hmm. so south park uh as not a show that i generally uh appreciate these days um kind of tired of it but they did have an episode um kind of all about this have you seen it no uh it's an episode where i think it's stan's little brother is in kindergarten um and uh, he has an affair with his kindergarten teacher. Uh. Uh, and they have this like kind of like sordid like affair. But every time Stan goes to like report um, that he thinks that uh, <laughs> the kindergarten teacher is um, is taking advantage of his little brother, uh, the cops are like uh, they assume that the teacher is a man. And then he like, and they're all serious about it. And then he clarifies that the teacher's a woman. And then they're like, nice. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> it, but, um, they're, they're not doing it to say like, they're doing it very ironically, which yeah, it's is, satire. Say, it's like obvious. Yeah. It's very obviously like a abusive relationship, but the cops are just like, Oh, you couldn't, po- you know, the, the kindergarten boys getting lucky. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Speaking anyway. of which, this is like the moment that? that it happens in this song. Leaning over me, he was trying to explain the laws of geometry, and I just couldn't help it. I just had to kiss, or sorry, and I couldn't help it. I just had to kiss the teacher. Yeah. So, yeah. Not great. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Ge- like. Geometry is really sexy. <laughs> <laughs> All those circles, line segments, polygons. Man, polygons, really. Rev my motor. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you have any sound samples you want to talk about for this one? Did I? No, I didn't. That, that's what I asked, yes. 
No, you I do didn't. have quite a few, though. You want you want to take the uh, camera and take the wheel and lead us to another one of these songs you want to talk about? Yeah, let's talk about Knowing Me, Knowing You. I will know me knowing you. Knowing me, knowing you. This is yeah. like this is seems so specific to me and it reminds me of something that I can't quite place. But it's it's very like uh, it, it crunchy. sounds like heart to me. Oh yeah, that's it. It does sound like heart. You're right. The it does sound like heart. Because it's like a power ballad and it's all women. Yeah, those voices. like those like uh ba dump ba dump ba dump parts. What? Ba dump ba dump ba dump ba dump. You know. Yeah. The beat. It's the got beat. A, it's got a got a beat reminiscent of heart uh i just need to think about how much i love that joke for a minute can you cut this part out (laughs) i will not so i can recover i want the audience also to think about how much they love that joke i mostly well so i love heart's music and i didn't do a great job at uh understanding the words or trying to even listen to the words did you listen to the words for this for this song yeah yeah do you want to do you want to synopsize it and then maybe I'll kind of focus on the music? Yeah, this is I think this might be a contender for the best song on the album potentially. Okay. Um so it this is one of those songs I was talking about where it's about the dissolution of a relationship. Um and when I was hearing the hearing it for the first time I couldn't quite make out whether it was there is nothing we can do or there's nothing we can't do. Oh, very, very similar sounding words, unfortunately. Yes, especially when there's a do right after there. Can do, can't do. Yeah, very, very similar. Um, Yeah, so it's about the dissolution of a relationship. And essentially the chorus is saying, knowing me, knowing you, there is nothing we can do. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We just have to face it this time we're through. Um, It's basically saying like irreconcilable differences. Like because of the people we are, we have to break up, essentially. Yeah. Um, and then there's the verses kind of wander through these various scenes, um, walking through an empty house, old familiar rooms, children would play. Now there's only emptiness, nothing to say. So it's, it's pretty, well, not necessarily like dark as in unsettling or bad, but it's like very real and yeah, kind of bleak lyrics. And I really appreciate that, especially like with this anthemic, um, hearty, uh, like pop rock kind of thing going on. Yeah, uh, the def- definitely more substance than any heart lyrics I've heard. Really? Let me. Yeah, dude. Uh, heart. Are they? Do you not like them? I absolutely love their music. I think all the lyrics I've heard uh, are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> are they? Are they really that bad? Yeah, dude. Uh, so there's some really great uh, musical moments. Do you want to play? the well p- play the, the sample that you did already so there's another uh three measure phrase so this is a chorus that's um that's mostly square phrases like groupings of beats of four mm-hmm. and then four groups of beats of four so like it it all kind of adds up how you would think except for the first phrase the knowing me knowing you uh is in a group of three and i like the rhythm really well mm-hmm. the phrase rhythm 
At the end of the chorus, there's a really neat、um, half measure where it goes one, two, three, four, one, two.、Uh, and you'll hear that in、um, this sound sample here. Yeah, so the. Knowing me, knowing you, it's the best I can do. And then do lands on is like the first beat of the next measure.、Mm. So it like adds up to six instead of to four.、Ooh. So just like some like good little,、uh, little musical surprises.、Um, if you keep it in four four the whole time、um, and、uh, don't do anything else interesting, then、uh, people are going to kind of tune out.、Mm-hmm. But this keeps it、um, dynamic in its phrasing. So that it feels more like a paragraph as opposed to a,、um, a stanza, which、mm-hmm. I always like. Almost always like. Yeah.、Uh, and, and go ahead. No, I was just saying that's good. Yeah, agreeing with you. And then there's、uh, some really funny、uh, whisper echoes in the、uh, second verse. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cue them up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so、uh, I want you to play that again, but I want you to like listen to when she comes in on the word bad in the, whis- in the whisper. It's like a little bit earlier and、uh, it's really funny. It's、uh, <laughs> just the phrasing. Like, I don't know why it has the effect it does, but that's what really makes it for me. Mm hmm. <laughs> She really draws it out, huh? Bad days. <laughs> wow.、Uh, yeah, like the, the echo vocals are just like communicating a lot of solidarity、mm. <laughs> with the singer. <laughs> I imagine when she's singing Bad Days, she's just shaking her head like, Bad days. <laughs> yeah.、Um, so, just real time follow up about this song. Uh, it was released in 1976, I believe, with the, the rest of this album. And、uh, it was written by Bjorn Ulveus and Benny Anderson.、Uh, Anderson. Anderson, sorry. The two main songwriters of ABBA, the two, the two males in the group. And、uh, I, yeah, I kind of wonder if it's like one of them thinking about the relationship because, let's see, Bjorn Ulveus. Uh, got divorced in 1978, two years after the song comes out.、Oh, which is incidentally、goodness. the year that、uh, Benny, right? Yes. So that they, so wait, Bjorn Oveas and Agneta Feldskog separated in late 1978, two years after the song came out. And then the other two members, Benny Anderson and, f- fuck, what's the other one?、Uh, I know it starts with A. Well, obviously. Uh, uh, Anifried Lingstad. Benny Anderson and Anifried Lingstad actually got married in 1978, though they had been engaged、oh. for nine years before that. That's a long engagement. Yes.、Um, so, just a little bit of、uh, setting the, the,、uh, the timeline here and a little bit、yeah. of、uh, 
hot goss to dish about the personal lives of <laughs> these musicians. I'd say it's pre it's pretty uh pretty lukewarm goss at this point. <laughs> if not if not ice cold. Ice cold goss. Love that cold goss. <laughs> oh my goss. <laughs> All right. It took me a long time uh, to act to realize that when people were saying goss, it was short for gossip. I was just like, what are they talking about? You thought about? they were talking about um uh Ryan Gosling. Well, yeah, obviously. He's a very attractive man. Well, well, any any kind of small goose, really. Not as att- not as attractive as Jeremy Renner, if you ask me. <laughs> I don't remember if that's in the bonus episode or if it's in the, this main one. <laughs> it all runs together. It should be in every episode. It should be in every episode. We just talk about how hot Jeremy Renner is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not that. I mean, he's fine. I he's not like, okay. Best Avenger. Best Born. <laughs> best Witch Hunter. Okay. Jeremy Renner, my man. All right. Um, let's go on to another song. You want to talk about? Oh, oh, here we go. A song that is um, pronounced as "Happy Hawaii." So that's not in the original. That's a that's a bonus. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. I mean, there. Well, when, when I looked at the uh, on the Wikipedia, the track list didn't, didn't have it on there. It ends at arrival. Oh, you're right. I listened to Happy Why. We can li- we can talk about it. Ah, uh, I mean, it, I mostly wanted to talk about it just because they say Hawaii instead of Hawaii. Oh yeah, and Hawaii in uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern is the analog to Hawaii. Yep, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Good drum fill, bro. Yeah. Okay, this is boring. Uh, do you want to talk about speaking of bonus songs? Do you want to talk about uh, Fernando? Oh yeah, so which is, I have a memory. Hmm? I have a memory of Fernando. This is another kind of setup to my pre- preconception of who Abba is. Um, so I wasn't allowed to watch the show that 70s show mm-hmm. um, because they uh, it was stinky weed humor and my parents didn't appreciate <laughs> that mm-hmm. um, uh, but so I was always like kind of fascinated in the show but they never really let me watch it mm-hmm. but uh, when I got a TV in my room I watched at least one episode when I wasn't busy watching Smallville oh god um, <laughs> I've heard that the show is actually quite bad uh, I'm sure it was. It was very <laughs> compelling to me. Um, but uh, uh, what happened? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I watched uh, an episode of That 70s Show. And uh, I watched a couple. And both episodes that I watched um, that I remember are about the main character, Topher Grace, right? Yes. That's his name. Mm. That's the character's name. Is, yeah, the um, character's name. Yeah. Uh, where Topher Grace is really into music that um, his like kind of hip, uh, but also burnout friends think is lame. Uh, so he's really into uh, sticks, mm. and he just there's one episode where he's just like trying to uh, get people to go to a sticks concert with him, but nobody wants to. <laughs> uh, and then there, I think there's another episode that's all about the song Fernando or the song Fernando um, huh. plays a pivotal role. And I think he's really into the song Fernando. Um, and he's like, come on guys. Mm. It's a good song. <laughs> anyway. So I think that was another wrong, aspect actually. 
Um, what? I said he's wrong, actually. Well, yeah, it's not a great song. <laughs> but I think I, I do think that's another example of me getting this idea of like, oh, ABBA, is, it's shameful to, oh, yeah. to like ABBA. It's another I example I didn't even know of, it was uh, ABBA at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's another example of pop culture shitting on ABBA. Yeah. Um, for and maybe ju- rightly so in this in this sense. Yeah. I mean, it's not a terrible song. Yeah. But. Well, let's listen to a snippet of it, shall we? Yeah. So Fernando's like a soldier or something. Yeah, it's really vague and nonspecific. It, yeah. So I'm glad we we talked about this song. This is actually one of the ones that John from Beyond the Box set uh, recommended that we cover because it was a single released around the time of this album, and uh, a lot of the later versions of this album on CD form or on Spotify. Uh, included this song as part of the album Arrival, even though it's not technically part of the track list in the original. Uh, but this was a huge single, apparently. More so in... Uh, m- more so in Australia than, like, the US, looks like. Yeah. Yeah, because this was, yeah, in the original... On the original record in Australia and New Zealand, I believe. Oh, really? Okay. That would, yeah. that would help, yeah. Yeah, but it's like yeah. this kind of vague, non-specific song about... Mexico's mixed up some of there and is like there's some soldiery vocabulary sound of bugle calls um but is there is there an element to like we've talked about orientalism before is there is there an element to the you know quote unquote the the new world that there's sort of an analog of oh. like orientalism oh yeah you're like talking about who aren't there yeah 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 no I, I you're Mexico orientalism <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> well it's like the, the spaghetti western you know it's like this idea i don't that, have to like, bring italy it, into this there's a there's a ro- romanticization it's pronounced of, mexico orientalism uh, <laughs> uh no you're right i mean i think it's yeah it's kind of like pretty closely allied to like cowboy sentimentality and yeah the open range and like all that stuff but there's definitely like some elements of that yeah. Um, in popular culture every now and again. Um, yeah, it's like with this weird exoticizing of Mexico. Right. Especially like someone who would be so crazy as to have the name Fernando. Fernando. Isn't that just so exotic? So exotic. Yes. <laughs> you know, in Spanish, that means someone who uh, ferns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, like hablar, hablando. You know, it's it's like you the, know, I you know, I kind of speak Spanish. You don't have to be like constantly patronizing. Okay, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm not just another one of these monolingual American uh, ignoramuses. You're mono point two lingual. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I was gonna say more than that, but I was like, no, you're probably right. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's uh, in, in fact. Uh, Bjorn Ulveus Ulveus uh, recalled writing about this song even he did not have very complimentary things to say about it he says that lyric is so banal and I didn't like it 
It was a love lyric, someone who loved Fernando, but I inherited the word Fernando and I thought long and hard, what does Fernando tell me? I was in my summer house one starry evening and the words came, there was something in the air that night and I thought of two old comrades for some guerrilla war in Mexico who would be sitting on the porch and reminiscing about what happened to them back then and this is what it is all about, total fiction. Oh, interesting. So it's kind of homoerotic. That it was, I, yeah, because there's women singing it, so I assumed that it was like, oh, my, you know... Uh, Bonnie Lad is off to war or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, different ethnicity. <laughs> yeah, you know, the Mexicans are always saying, "Oh, we Bonnie Lass." <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, uh, do you want to talk about? I only have one thing to say about why did it have to be me? Yeah. Do you want to talk about that song? Yeah. like that uh enjambment right there yeah uh what was it something about it just had to be you and i just had to know the reason why so for a a split second there you're thinking oh it just had to be you and i but no it's actually it had to be you and i had to know the reason why i like that very clever abba double meaning i think there's a good chance they did that on purpose (laughs) yeah i think so okay great yeah (laughs) um so yeah, this is a this is a song about. Well, th- this is the one song where the the men are really featured, right? Like this is the only one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. It, in the verses, they're saying basically like they fell uh, the Benny and Bjorn homunculus hybrid, um, <laughs> they, <laughs> and T Pain's in there somewhere too, uh, and Chris Brown. Um, but they they fell in love with this woman, but maybe she didn't fall in love with them uh and they they were sort of like why did it have to be me that you just sort of fooled around with quit playing games with my heart um and then the chorus is uh the women singing i was so lonesome i was blue i couldn't help it it had to be you and i always thought you knew the reason why i oh interesting i i read the male part as like kind of just low self-esteem just like not oh, really. Oh no, because they mm-hmm. said men are toys in the game. Well, that that's you play. the second verse. When yeah, you, yeah. When you get tired, you throw them away. That's only natural. But why did it have to be me? They're like, oh, I get it, what you're doing, yeah. and I don't necessarily blame you for it. But uh, I feel kind of like uh, I feel like shit now because I wanted it to be more serious than it was. Yeah, yeah. This is these are like really interesting lyrics. You would not really hear this in a lot of pop songs. It's a very interesting thing to write a, a pop song about, especially because There's a lot of concessions made in the lyrics. Yeah. What do you mean? It's only natural, but why did it have to be me? Yeah. 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 I like that. Yeah. It's, that's very good. It's um, it, especially because it has kind of a uh, classic form of like 1950s pop, but it has these yes. lyrics that you would, I'm sure, never hear in a 1950s pop song. Yeah. There's a, there's a good perspective of uh, a, a fair amount of self-awareness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I Abba is self-aware. Yeah, it's 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 like a very like um they're talking like people who have been to therapy before. 
which is like, <laughs> you made me, like, I felt this way in response to you. You're not responsible for my feelings, <laughs> but, but I did feel bad feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So what I wanted to talk about is it uses that blues idiom that I referred to in an earlier episode that don't, 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 um, they, they use that blues idiom in the guitar part. Um, but there's some very, cl- just like in that other song, do you remember which one it was? Uh, rock and roll band. Yeah. Just like in the song rock and roll band, I think from the first episode, um, they set up this blues idea and then they really stray from it in some, in some, uh, very obvious ways, which mm-hmm. is, uh, in the chorus, uh, I was some lonesome, I was so blue. And then in the lyric, I couldn't help it. It had to be you. The, there's a four chord and usually in a blues idiom, the, uh, the four chord would be a dominant seven chord, which takes it outside of the key signature um, and gives it that sort of crunchy dissonant sound um, that wants to go back to the one chord. Mm-hmm. But in this one, it's a major seven chord, which gives it sort of this, um, I think kind of like ethereal chord. Um, so what, what I want you to listen for is the lyric, I couldn't help it. Listen to the note on help and how mm. it um, interacts with the guitar part. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you want to play up that sound sample? Here it is. Oh. <laughs> do you hear that? That's, that's pretty subtle, but it's definitely there. Yeah. Yeah. It's anti-blues. Oh. Like very, very clearly. Wait, so like Abai is anti-blues? Like yeah, as a political movement? Yeah. <laughs> they only want happiness. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought that was interesting. I think they probably did that on purpose. And I, I actually do like that. Um, mm-hmm. They're not just trying to co- do a copycat thing. They're not just um, appropriating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I couldn't help it. <laughs> actually, I'm sorry. That's not a major seven chord. Um, <gasps> How dare I, you? I'm sorry. What they actually did, uh, I did that in a hurry. Um, they're playing the sharp four <laughs> uh, oh. in there. <laughs> Uh, of the chord. So, uh, let's say the song is in C. I didn't, I don't have perfect pitch. I don't know what key the song is in. Mm -hmm. So if the song was in C, they're playing an F chord with a B natural in there, which is something that I would expect to hear from like some Swedish fiddling or something. Uh Like it's a very spooky sound. Or some Swedish fish. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Spooky, spooky Swedish fish. I love Swedish fish. The Swedish cover band of fish. (laughs) oh man okay um let's pick up the pace and talk about uh you want looks like you have a lot of samples for money 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 Yeah, it's it's pretty fun. The the music is so like, dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, money, money, money. Uh, this is money, probably money, one money, of my least baby. favorite money songs. Yeah, but it is fun. Yeah. So here's another like ESL moment. Um, they say money, money, money must be funny in the rich man's world. 
like it seems like what they mean is it must be fun oh but they're saying it must be funny like oh i didn't even think you know of I mean? that yeah <laughs> which is funny that's cute to me um, is it funny or is it fun now you got me all mixed both. up oh, okay it's funny to me yes uh, uh, so this is a song about a an aspiring gold digger, <laughs> basically. Yeah, okay, sure. Uh, yeah, aspiring I mean, sugar there's, baby, there's, maybe. There's, uh, yeah, there's a there's an annotation here by. Ooh, ooh, I hope ooh. it's. Oh, I hope it's the one that I'm thinking of. This song had the best uh, annotation ever. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's, I can't, I can never tell cause it says like that there's two contributors, so I'm not going to give either of them credit. Um, oh, it's by, uh, eval. Oh, if totally she had a, if she had a wealthy husband, she'd never have to work another day in her life. Gold digger, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> this plays on the double meaning of a ball. Mm. <laughs> in it? this life, she would have, she would, and in quotes, have a ball. <laughs> or have fun not working. But she might also decide to host a formal party, the sort of masquerade ball so often associated with fairy tales. That's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Double meanings. Double meanings. It's all connected. Of the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Very good. No, nah, she's definitely not going to host a masquerade. Mm. <laughs> Nothing in the text supports that. No, 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 no. I thought you were going to read the final annotation in this song. Did you see that one? Are you going to talk about it? Uh, is this about Marxism? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you read that <laughs> okay. one. Okay. <laughs> so, on the chorus, only the final chorus is this annotated. The chorus goes, money, 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 must be funny in the rich man's world. Uh, which, that's that's a little bit of an ESL moment, too, saying the rich man's world instead of a rich man's world. Um, right. Just be a little bit more natural. Uh, so, yeah. On that chorus, one contributor who may be... Uh, Griff, Griffin Man Mahone Griffin Man um, as Swedes ABBA are surely much more familiar with the work of Marx and Engels than our Americans this song's so catchy that most people probably don't listen to the lyrics but they should because it's not just the expression of superficial yearning for a lavish lifestyle but rather a condemnation of the whole system or institution of labor and income itself hey ABBA and then there's a picture of <laughs> Karl Marx giving the, the peace sign yeah, there's sort of a uh, sort of a digital reach for a high five at the end there. <laughs> I too, two fingers. Uh, yeah, so no, I mean with the saying "Hey Abba." Oh, I Am see. I, I right? see. I get what you're hey, laying down. Hey Arnold. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. I don't think the text really supports. <laughs> it's pretty cute that you're trying to cram marks into everything, but I uh, don't think it's necessarily there. Also, yeah, Alvin, right in. Are Swedes much more surely much more familiar with the work of Marx and Engels than are Americans? Because I, I know, yeah, there's a, I know some Americans that are pretty into Marx. Yeah, pretty into talking about Marx. <laughs> I would, I would not be surprised if that annotation was from an American. Yeah, I would <laughs> looking be looking for another opportunity to talk about communism. Yeah. Uh, music. Uh, this is a pretty great intro. <laughs> you want to play that intro? Sure. It's the cast registers. Um, and the bass line comes in in seven, eight time. That's the Pink Floyd song. Never mind. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I work on 
to be uh, pedantic for uh, a minute, uh, and hopefully no longer than that, the uh, song Money by Pink Floyd is uh, probably more accurately in 6, f- uh, sorry, in 7-4. Seven, oh, okay. Not a compound rhythm. It is a uh, larger 7. <laughs> That's what they said about me when I was a kid. He's a big seven. (laughs) He's hot. Not the hottest, but he is big. (laughs) They didn't mean... (laughs) It's a really nuanced evaluation of your physical attractiveness. Well, yeah, even you got the numbers, but you also have to, like, have gradations and areas of gray and, you know, a little bit more subtlety. (laughs) Uh, So... There is a, uh, a take it up key change in this, oh. which ABBA usually doesn't stoop to, oh boy. but they definitely do it in this. Oh boy. <laughs> they stoop up to this key change up. It's a rich man's world. I think someone just tripped over a garbage can. <laughs> Whoop, here we go. <laughs> Let's listen to that again. <laughs> Uh, and then my final uh, musical um, moment that I wanted to highlight it is there's a lot, actually a lot of really great uh, electric bass playing in this song. Mm-hmm. And generally in ABBA, there's a lot of great electric bass. Um, yeah. But there's this moment at the end where the that chorusy piano, um, the bass doubles it in the fills. Mm. And I think it sounds really great. It's just like a fun little little moment. Yeah. I, I just whenever so I like bass fills and I like fun bass parts because they sound good. But also I think there's the uh there's just the knowledge that a bassist is getting to have fun. Yeah. And that that means a lot to me. Yeah. Bassists don't often get a lot of fun. Yeah, and it makes them act out uh in some like kind of unsavory ways sometimes. And Wait, what? I like it when it's like Oh, you mean like bass fills or like, bass solos or something? Yeah, just like um, uh, bassists who aren't getting, uh, who who are too repressed and then they're like, turn into like, bass bros. Oh, no. <laughs> Is there another song I want to talk about? Let's talk about Dumb Dumb Diddle, just because it's... Yeah, I mean, I think that's my favorite song. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, it's... Just because it's specific and it's stupid, but... Uh, it's also like, very pandering to you specifically as an old-time well, musician. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you'll hear what we mean, listener. Both Linkstad and Ulveos have expressed dissatisfaction with Dum Dum Diddle, with Ulveos admitting that it was a nonsense lyric he'd come up with in desperation. <laughs> mm-hmm. I so mean, all that being, it's that's it's, it's not like he came up with it. Like it's Dum Dum Diddle is uh, is a precedented nonsense lyric. Yeah, like a hey, long diddle, tradition. Diddle. Yeah, you got you got to rhyme with fiddle. Mm-hmm. Hey, diddle diddle. And dumb dumb is obviously constantly used, especially by people talking to me for some reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so this, this is a song about how, um, 
the speaker in this song wants to get the affection of either her significant other or a uh, a man in her life. Um, I guess it's not, it's all in the second person, so I don't necessarily know if it's, has to be a man. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's a heteronormative time, you can only assume. Uh, <laughs> now but, you're just uh, being 70s normative. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the second person in this song is trying to learn how to play the fiddle. And they're working really hard at it. And uh, um, it sounds better now. Yes, you improve every time you play, but it's bad. You're so sad. Mm-hmm. And you, <laughs> Which I appreciate. Because uh, <laughs> if anyone's been around uh, fiddle or violin playing, um, f- someone who's learning how to play the instrument... It's, it doesn't sound very good because it's a really hard and demanding instrument. And yes, unlike the piano where you can just push down on a key on accident and it'll sound fine, uh, viol- in order to get any sound at all that's um, not terrible out of the violin, you have to work really hard. Yeah, for um, like years, essentially, before, for you, yeah. you, before you start sounding anywhere close to good. Yeah. And you're only smiling when you're playing your violin. Somehow they rhyme smiling with violin, <laughs> yeah. and it's I like it. Because <laughs> yeah. I think they say, and you're only smiling when you're playing your violin. <laughs> I think people say all the that. time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so th- that's, I, that's why this is specifically pandering to Cameron, is because yeah. the chorus goes, dum dum diddle to be your fiddle, to be so near you and not just hear you. <laughs> it's all about this like sexy, sexy embodiment of this person as a fiddle and getting cradled in the arms of a musician, which I, yeah, I, I can only imagine really got Cameron going. Yeah, if you know, what I, I just mean. want you to. He learn, arrived uh, just hearing about I, it. I, <laughs> I just want you to learn how to uh, ha- how to play me like a fiddle, and I want you to be really bad at it for years. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. That's what people want yeah. out of a sexual partner, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that's when when someone says like, oh, they played me like a fiddle. That's what they mean, right? Yeah. Poor fingering. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I thought that was somewhat clever. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. You're, you're great. You're a funny boy. <laughs> okay, now you're, you're being patronizing. Boy in all podcasts. <laughs> now you're being patronizing. I'm so proud of you. God damn it. So fucking mad. Uh, no, I kind of like this song. I like it because it's specific. Um, it's a specific story. It's a specific relationship and situation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, also, yeah, obviously I kind of relate to it cause I do play the fiddle. Um, and one of the, and I'm not blaming my family on this. It's more about me. <laughs> oh, I like where I, this is going. <laughs> okay. One of the reasons I am so terrible at playing fiddle is because I, um, I live with other people. You dislike the way that I sound (laughs) on the fiddle. (laughs) I remember like early on um, when I was like really like trying to practice fiddle every day, uh, you know, I'd be like watching Theo and I would sort of like, you know, play it in the room that he's in. And then he would just kind of run away to the other room. (laughs) Like like, this is shortly after he learned how to walk, you know, if you run away to the other room is like, I better get it better go follow him. So I'd be just like chasing after him the house while like (laughs) practicing fucking Angeline, the baker or some like shitty fiddle team. Like, (laughs) and he's like, "Uh." you think this is the best song? I mean, I kind of like, I, I just appreciate that it's a specific song. It has like a concept. Um, and, uh, there's like, 
Yeah, there's a story. So I kind of appreciate that. Mm, I think knowing me, knowing you is way better. It's also a specific song, specific story, but also has a lot more um, like weight to it and um, like a little bit more of a meditation on what this means, the situation that they're in, rather than just like, oh, <laughs> I wish I was your fiddle. I'll concede that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there is not, a I mean, fun, not that um, Dum Dum Diddle is bad. It's just uh, no, yeah. I don't think it's quite as good as Knowing yeah. Me, Knowing You. I think the music's definitely better in Knowing Me, Knowing You. Yeah. Uh, but there's a fun like uh, synth in the verse. You want to play that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> so yeah, they pretty much just refuse to um to include any actual fiddling. It's all synth strings. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, that but is I a curious like omission. Yeah. Especially when um have you heard like Swedish fiddle music? Not a lot, no. I mean, I don't know if I'm just like fetishizing it or something, but like to me it sounds like Oh, uh, sweet orientalism. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it sounds like, like, uh, very magical and like, um, just super spooky. And it's like incredibly rhythmic and, um, and interesting. Like there's a lot of odd time signatures and, mm. um, but the, uh, the scales they use are all like just making me all butterfly in my, in my tummy and affect me on a, on a physical level. Man, that's so the way you're talking about it makes this song a lot sexier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be your fiddle, play yeah. those uh, scales on me that make your butterflies all tingly. In your they, tummy. you know, and they very well may not be talking about Swedish fiddling in this. So. Ah, yes, yeah. Okay. Um. Well, I think we'd be remiss in this album. Let's talk about one more. Uh, it's called Arrival, and it's the where the title of the album comes from, and it's because it's just this song is so good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> are meant to be like weird synth bagpipes or something yeah are we gonna get some fucking like uh manheim steamroller like (laughs) stuff in every album from now on apparently we're like benny and bjorn are trying to cut their teeth as composers (laughs) so fucking tired of it yeah just write your dumb songs (laughs) (laughs) write your awesome amazing dumb songs that are so good but not the instrumental ones yeah yeah all right Let's start wrapping it up. Uh, I have two reviews from the Amazon to read you. Here's Dude, one. I have, some re- I have some reviews, too. Oh, really? Not from Amazon, but oh. from Rolling Stone. Okay. Well, this one was left by Eclectic, who the title is Still Love That's ABBA sure. with five exclamation marks. Yes. And they say, I'm salivating. Boy, I still love this stuff. Got to get the CD, if only for knowing me, knowing you. But it's such a that's such a weird thing to say, especially You're with salivating for an album. Yeah, especially with the lack of punctuation. It it literally says, "I'm salivating, boy." <laughs> I don't want to hear about that. Hey, it's me, salivating boy. <laughs> Your you old know, pal. School. I'm famous for my yeah. drippings, and <clears throat> famous for my drippings. <laughs> uh, that's my family motto. <laughs> Um, so Ferdinand U. Untalan writes in all lowercase, Sweden's best music export. And then I want you to imagine the rest of this 
in uppercase, which I could I could uh, signify by just yelling it, but I'm going to read it in a robotic voice instead because that's probably slightly less annoying. Great. Bjornborg, Volvo, Saab, Astra Pharmaceuticals, and ABBA. This group looks familiar. Yep, they made Sweden more noticeable to the whole world. And the super trooper group ABBA. We thank them for their music and so many dancing queens, knowing me, knowing you, on how everyone knows how their music influence our lives. Even Madonna's latest hit, Hung Up. The opening intro is taken from Of Of ABBA's Hits, one of the best groups of all time. <laughs> it's just so much pride. Yeah. They, just dripping with pride. They made Sweden more noticeable to the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, Ken Tucker from uh, Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. uh, he he called it Muzak mesmerizing in its modality. Okay, <laughs> easy and there with wrote, the alliteration. Yeah, <laughs> someone's a little too like self important and trying trying to do their trying to do their own art art form. Yeah. By reducing their already vapid, how do you say vapid or vapid? I say vapid. I don't know if that's technically. Do you like how I just sort of struck the uh, or split the difference there? It was very nice. It was very Um, good to me. Vapid lyrics to utter irrelevance. Lead singers Annie Fried, Linkstad, and Anyetta. I'm just going to say that one. I already forgot how to say that last name. Mm. Uh, They're liberated to natter on. Uh, Sorry, they're liberated to natter on in their shrill voices without regard what? to emotion or expression. <gasps> Fuck you, Ken How Ken dare you? This sexist motherfucker. Yeah. Also wrong. and Wrong and also sexist. Wrong. Yeah. It's the worst combination. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> At least when you're right and sexist, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, a slightly better review that's also negative. Um, is uh, Robert Chrisgow of The Village Voice. Give the album a C, indicating a record of clear professionalism or barely discernible inspiration, but not both. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Read that again. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> okay. <laughs> a, re- a record of clear professionalism or barely discernible inspiration, but not both. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck does that what does that mean I, uh, <laughs> everyone in the 70s was doing way too much cocaine to be comprehensible jesus yeah yeah both those reviews are just total garbage <laughs> fuck those guys wow i thought this robert, album rules i thought robert kreisgau was supposed to be like this uh luminary of music journalism or something but fuck that that's dumb have you ever listened to the show cool games inc no i haven't um, there's this one episode where they re- they re- review Roger Ebert's sorry they they read Roger Ebert's review of Pokemon uh, the movie. Oh no! <laughs> and they just laud his review because his reviews like he's he just re- straight out the gate sort of admits like hey I'm out of my element I don't really know what I'm doing in order to prepare for this movie I played um, <laughs> Pokemon. Uh, oh, with no. a six-year-old and like it's like the best review because it's like so generous and he's so self-aware and uh-huh. he's just like i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> he's like trying to ex- explain the music i uh, explain the movie um anyway uh oh that's i i didn't know i i was uh apprehensive because he's famous for saying that video games are not art so i thought he was just gonna like dump, oh, really? dump on that movie but apparently he no was, he like uh, he tries really hard oh good for him uh, to like to to 
to disclaim, you know, I don't know really what I'm talking about. I don't get it. This is a fad. I totally unequipped to, uh, really review this. Mm. So, yeah. But like all good anyway, white men, it didn't stop him from holding forth. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you want to talk about um, some uh, listener feedback? I would love to. Hit me up. So Al- Albin, are, um, as far as I know, the only Swede that listens to this show. <laughs> I mean, if we yeah. got other Swedes out there, you know, hit us up. But um, yeah, we've been talking a lot more um, since we started covering ABBA because he's had a lot of feedback. So mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to read. uh I'm going to read this like a Facebook message that he wrote to me. Oh, and, very good. Uh, there's a little bit here, but um, I think he has some good stuff to say. Hey, dude, I can talk about racism in Sweden all day. <laughs> so I accidentally wrote a lot, a whole lot. Hope it's not too overwhelming. Hi, I was super looking forward to what your take on pick a bale of cotton. And yeah, we weren't super woke in the 70s. <laughs> ellipses. But first, uh, let's let Abba off the hook a little bit. Benny Anderson has been a great political uh, contributor uh, contributor the last couple of decades. During the 60s and 70s, the music scene in Sweden was very political, and a lot of the prom- prominent musical figures would criticize people like ABBA for not for being nothing but saccharine entertainment for the masses and not using their platform for political debate. I feel like uh, Becca touch, touched on that a little bit mm. for the first album. Mm-hmm. But while most of those people have faded away into irrelevancy, Benny Anderson, uh, Anderson, is now an outspoken advocate for social justice and one of the biggest economic contributors for the political party Feministique Initi- uh, Initiative. Oh, um, good I don't friend. know how that's pronounced. I see. Uh, who are slowly but surely gaining ground in Swedish politics. Uh, I found this quote from an interview with Benny in a Swedish paper. <coughs> Excuse me. And they coughed. <laughs> I regret that I, that I wasn't more present in the political debate during the 60s and 70s because I've always been interested in what's going on in the world. But back then, I was totally submerged in our songwriting and defining our sound as a band. Uh, Alvin goes on to say, Also, I was reminded of this thing that happened to me about 10 years ago. I went to a high school for performing arts. We had a music, a theater, and a dance profile, and every graduating class would put on a musical. For my year, we did Fame. It was a lot of fun... And we had an ethnically appropriate cast, uh, but a couple of years later, not so much. I ran into the director, a man in his mid-60s, and asked him what musical they were doing this year. And he told me they were doing Hairspray. You mentioned Hairspray in this week's episode, so I'm going to assume you're familiar with the plot. Mm -hmm. When I asked him how the casting was going, he said, and I quote, It's going okay, I guess, but we don't have any Negroes and no fatties. So makeup and wardrobe sure have their work cut out for them. (gasps) Okay. And uh, brace yourself for this. Uh, They ended up doing the musical with half of the cast in blackface. Ooh. Now, this was 10 years ago. They most likely would not have gotten away with that today as millennials and Gen Zers are generally way more educated on social issues. But I guess my point is this. ABBA, just like my old director, does not hold any racist or xenophobic beliefs, but they come from a generation that is simply not educated on those issues. Mm. Um, the actual issue over here is the full-on Nazis marching in our streets and slowly but surely trying to take seats in the government, but that's a whole other discussion. Well, that sounds a little oh, familiar. It, what does that remind me of? Yeah. Hmm. 
another thing, every Christmas, Swedish television, sh- uh, Swedish television show a bunch of old Christmas themed Disney shorts. One of them is of Santa in his workshop making toys. And a couple of years ago, they decided to cut out a couple of scenes here or there that contained some pretty awful racially stereotypical jokes. A whole bunch of people were really upset on Twitter and called for a boycott of Swedish oh public God. broadcasting because of censorship. So, yeah, I guess you could call that um, you could call that the Swedish version of Fox News war on Christmas bullshit. Yeah. They pull every year. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's we have plenty of those people on Twitter in America, too. Like, yep. People whining about Rose Tran in The Last Jedi, for instance, and oh my driving uh, many women of color off of Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. What could they pot? It's like, what could they possibly? There, there's no even pretense for whining about her. You know, it's like, it's just because, like, I, I understand the pretense of saying that, like, you know, oh, don't, I don't sympathize with it, but like that, the pretense of saying, oh, James Bond isn't black or whatever, like, don't, you know, don't cast, uh, Idris Elba. Idris Elba, yeah. I, Obviously, I want Idris Elba to be James Bond. Not that I like James Bond. James Bond fucking sucks. He's a like, fucking rapist all- asshole, and I'm done with him. Yeah, but, you know, yes, uh, representation, like, uh, he's the obvious choice. Um, British, super handsome, um, badass. Is he hotter yeah, than Jeremy Renner, though? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's now the important I want to know who, who the black Jeremy Renner is. <laughs> oh, no. That. Oh, my. Uh, that's for next week. I'll, I'll get back to you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so, but yeah, it's like Rose, Rose Tran, is that her name? I think, I think that's, uh, Rosemary Tran. It's, it's, it's not, she's not even like taking a, a job away from, you know, it's like, what is, they're, they're not even, ha- yeah, there's no pretense. It's, it's just like bald racism. Oh, fuck. I was conflating her character's name and her, um, stage name. Oh yeah, her name's Rose. Yeah, okay. the character's name hey, is you Rose. Pull, you pulled a me. Yeah, I did. <laughs> That's what I constantly um, do. She's known professionally as Kelly Marie Tran. Gotcha. Uh, and her character's name is Rose in the uh, Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Um, I well, which is a bad movie, but not for the reason. I that don't know pe- if I go that say. far. But a lot of the <laughs> there's some great moments. A lot of the um, criticism that people level at that movie are about her character and how they say her character was pointless. And they basically just like, you know, say that her character shouldn't have been in it and she shouldn't have. Yeah, she shouldn't have been in the movie. And it's it's like one of those things where I get the idea that it's one of those uh, sort of slippery slope things like that, uh, that hateful, horrible people on the Internet and Nazis will try to get people, you know, nodding along. Yeah. You know, to say like, no, it's not like we you know want to exterminate all the races, but, you know. <laughs> It's just think like, you know, shouldn't, you know, white people have a cultural identity they can be proud of. And so they start with this like sort of quasi seeming uh, like reasonable idea like, oh, you know, shouldn't white Americans have an identity? And they like gradually uh, slide you into like neo-Nazism. And so I think like. Yeah, because the 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 core idea is there. There's some truth, which is that like white America is sort of a cultureless like, um, you know, we're we're susceptible to so much like harm because we most white Americans don't have some sort of cultural identity. And Mm -hmm. I think that is an important thing to have. And 
white America is not a legitimate <laughs> cultural yeah. identity. It's like a yeah construct. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I think I think there are a lot of people who kind of took this like movie criticism thing of like this character isn't doing very much supposedly and they kind of slid that into just a either conscious or unconscious way of trying to shut women of color out of this popular franchise that they like to play toys with i thought she was one of the most charismatic i mean i actually really really liked uh luke skywalker and his character and most of the stuff there yeah that was great um but close second, like as far as B plots go, I, I was way more interested in her B plot than I was in the whole like, um, you know, Poe Dameron trying to like low speed white Bronco chase in space. <laughs> what? The low speed white Bronco chase in space. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't super into that or like his relationship with Princess Leia, who hot take. I mean, General Leia, I think she. I think, oh, excuse me. Sorry. General Leia. Um, (laughs) What? I don't think she, I don't think she acted very well in those movies. (laughs) At least not the new ones. Like I wasn't super into like her. Carrie Fisher? Yeah. (laughs) I haven't seen the original movies in a long time. I don't remember if she's great in those or not, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, But like that whole B plot, I was just like kind of bored with. Um but I really liked, yeah, I really liked the Rose and Finn story. And I thought there was some valuable stuff there. And I like that they fucking trashed a casino. Like, that was fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that dumb, that dumb little, like, <laughs> drunk alien who's with all his coins. It's yep. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. We anyway. We started we're, another episode. <laughs> yeah, we just, welcome to uh, Star Wars Talk, which is the subtext of every podcast, apparently. Yeah, basically. Um, now we're podcasting. Now, now this is podcasting. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, I guess we should end there. Uh, next week, next album is I think it's called the album, right? What? Yeah. <laughs> like as in ABBA right. the album, but they already had their self-titled one, so they just like went ahead and did the. Interesting. They just. Is this going to be a pretentious album? <laughs> I don't know. It's the one that has okay. um. Uh, if you change your mind. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Or sorry, it's okay, called what, ABBA colon the album. That's great. So it's, uh, so yeah. they got take a chance on me. They have yeah. one, they have a song called one man, one woman. So and a song called we got some Eagle. like focus on the family bullshit. Oh no. <laughs> there's one called hole in your soul. That sounds hot. Yeah. Well, there's only two okay. songs on the second side. Oh, oh no. Oh, because the last three are three scenes from a mini musical. What? What? That's so here, very interesting. Here's something else to look forward to. I feel like we have to at least see Mamma Mia. Yes. If not also see Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, which if, is currently well, out in theaters. We could also see ABBA, the movie, I think it's called. Is that another thing, too? Yeah, it came around out around the time of ABBA, the album. Oh, okay. And so the, that's the what cover the, is very similar. Gotcha. Yeah, ABBA, the movie. All right. Got some bonus content somewhere in the near future, hopefully. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Sorry we ran long. Um, you can visit us online at boxset.website. Email us at email at boxset.website. Tweet us at Topias Podcast. Writers review. Sorry, just stroking out here a little bit. Uh, write us a review on iTunes. It really helps. 
If you want to support us directly, you can go to our Patreon at support.boxset.website where all of our Patreons, uh, starting at $2 a month, get access to all of our bonus content, which includes a monthly yeah. or bi-monthly longer episode of, you know, 90 minutes or so, but also a weekly show called What's in the Box Weekly. And what was in the box weekly this week? Uh, I talked about Glow on Netflix. Season two. One of my favorite shows. Well, I mostly talked about season one. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. I was inspired because I got into uh, season two. Oh, okay. And I remembered how great of a show that is. Yeah. And I talked about Tusk and Tusk. Yeah. Uh, the movie and the song, respectively. But not yeah. respectfully. I would never go that far. You it's could- basically, you get to like, we've always done that, but we've just never released it. Yeah. Like we, we start recording and then we just kind of like warm, warm up and just chat for a while. And, uh, so it's like a slightly m- more structured version of that where you get to like hear the other stuff that we're into. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that, like, not into cause I complained about into. Tusk the movie. I did not yeah. like it. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to like it. We can. So like come, come hang out with us a little bit longer every week. Um, and, uh, you know, support the main show by doing it. Yeah, exactly. So thanks everyone. Until next week, I've been Nathan Hunt, and I've arrived. (laughs) I've been Cameron DeWitt, and I'm famous for my drippings. I was going to do that one. Um, I'm Nathan Hunt, and I'm a big seven. Oh my god, they have a movie called Abacadabra. Well, <laughs> well, no, actually Abba didn't make it. It was French children's musical based on songs from uh, Abba. Um they just added a bunch more members. I guess, I don't know. To spell a cadabra. Yeah. <laughs> they they added Calvin and Alvin and Danny. Walvin. <laughs> what wait, you say Walvin? No. Oh, because <laughs> there's no I W in Abacadabra. Spelled Dalvin. <laughs> Dal. Abacadabra. <laughs> Shut up. You know that magical phrase everyone's saying all the time, Abacadabra. <laughs> You're stupid. Okay. I'm well. so ashamed. <laughs>